0: minister hold up a Bible and say here we have the power of God or heard someone talk about the gospel being the power of God I have and I remember when I was first saved when I was younger Christian this was a very common phrase It was spoken about talked about people would walk around with the Bible saying I've got the power of God because I've got the Bible where does this come from it comes from Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 let me read that to you it says for I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek for therein in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith but it says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation First of all, salvation, when we're talking about that, we're not just talking about a person receiving Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, although that is a part of it, that's a very important part of it. But we're talking about a complete redemption package, the healing of your body, deliverance of your soul from depression, from oppression, you know, financial prosperity. All of that's wrapped into that package. But notice it says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So where is the power found? It's in the Gospel. But when I was a younger Christian, and you've probably seen people do it too, people would talk about, I've got the Bible, they'd hold up the Bible and talk about, this is the power of God, I've got the power of God because I've got the Bible. But let me ask you a question. Is that necessarily true? Do we have the power of God just because we have a book consisting of 66 individual books? On printed paper or is there more to it? If there's not more to it then why are we not seeing the power manifest more in our churches, in our midst? These are things that I've been thinking about and would like to be talking to you about because one thing I've noticed is we talk about the power of God. We talk about it being a reality. We talk about it being available but how much has it really seen? When you look at the average Christian, when you look at our, the average person that attends church's life, do you see much difference between them and their unsaved neighbors? For the most part, you'll find we watch the same television shows, watch the same sporting events, listen to the same news programs. What really is the difference? I've heard people say, well, the gospel is our God to salvation. It's what gives us the power to lead people to Christ. But do you believe that's really all that Jesus came to do? Was to deliver people from their sins and then allow them to just to live the way the rest of the world lives? Or do you believe there's more? I'd be interested in your thoughts in the comments. I'd be interested in hearing what you think about it. But let me go back and share a story with you of a gentleman who came to me one night. I used to minister in a homeless mission. Doing the Wednesday night chapel at the end of chapel one night, this homeless gentleman walked up to me. He was agitated, and he told me a story that I think fits into our discussion here. Several months before, the man had been in the chapel, and we'd have you know, fifty to hundred people in chapel each Wednesday night. So I didn't necessarily have a chance to get to know everybody, especially people coming off the street that would come in, get a warm meal, listen to a message, and a lot of times leave. He had heard me read this verse from Romans chapter 1 verse 16 where it says I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God into salvation. I held up the Bible said we have the power of God here and that man heard me say that. He walked out of service that night and said that he decided to prove me wrong. He was just randomly he went to a local liquor store bought a bottle of alcohol And He had a Bible from the mission. He sat down on the sidewalk outside the liquor store, and the Bible fell open to Philippians chapter 1. He read the first verse, took a swig of alcohol, and told me that he was convinced at that point that I was totally wrong because nothing had changed in his life. He took a swig of alcohol. Everything was just as was. Was the power manifested? Did he experience the power just because I read that verse to him? At that point, no, he did not have the power of God. He had not experienced the power of God. He took another swig of alcohol. He said that he read Philippians chapter 1, verse 2. And once again, nothing changed in his life. He read the verse, said, I've proven that preacher wrong. And he was very, in his own words, he was very proud of himself because he had proven me wrong by being able to read a verse and take a swig of alcohol. So he had the printed Bible, he read it, but no power manifested. But Paul said, I'm not ashamed for the gospel is the power of God into salvation. So we take that story, we move forward. And that man did this day after day for the past previous few months before he talked to me. I didn't know any of this was happening. He didn't come to me in service each week to gloat and tell me that he'd proven me wrong. But he went through each verse of the book of Philippians, verse 1, verse 2, all the way through verse chapter 1. Then he went to chapter 2, all the way to the end of the chapter, chapter 3, until he would pass out. When he'd wake up, he'd repeat. When he got to the end of Philippians, for some reason, maybe the Holy Spirit leading him, he'd start over with chapter 1. Each verse, he'd do the same thing. I've proven that preacher wrong. But then, after a few months of doing that, he had a sudden moment. He took a swig of alcohol and vomited. He had come to ter- service that night agitated because he discovered that he could no longer drink alcohol without getting sick. And because that had been such a big part of his life, he didn't know what to do. So I look at that story In context what we're talking about. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for the gospel is the power of God. Did the man have the gospel when he first started reading in Philippians chapter 1? Did he have the gospel when he read Philippians chapter 2 the first time? There was no change in his life. No power manifested. But he kept reading
1: over and over and over.
0: Go all the way to the end of the chapter to the last chapter. Start over, read, start over, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. But then the God, then the printed word, as he spoke it, Proverbs tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. He spoke each verse. He heard himself speak each verse. And there came a moment in time where his mind became renewed to what he was saying, and the power of God was able to manifest. That's the point I believe the printed page became the gospel to this man. One thing I'm seeing today, as I'm looking around looking at this, is I think because we have not taken the time to meditate upon the word to let it get into our soul And When I talk about the soul, I'm talking about the mind will intellect and emotions When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior And accept him to be your Savior and receive the experience that the Bible calls being born again Your spirit has changed instantaneously. Paul said old things are passed away behold all things become new You become a brand new creation in Christ Jesus that does not necessarily affect your physical body. It doesn't necessarily affect your soul, which is mind, with intellectual emotions, but it affects your spirit. Your spirit is recreated. One translation it says it becomes something, a creation that never existed before. You become a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. But your soul still needs to be renewed to the Word of God. Your body will not be affected by the change that occurred within until you change the way you're thinking within. And We're going to talk about this a little bit, but going back to that gentleman, he started reading the Bible. He was not doing this ignorant. He was basically doing this ignorant way. He didn't know what he was doing. He was just wanting to prove that the church, the gospel was, there was no power really in the gospel to be had. He read a verse, read a verse, read a verse. He heard himself read the verses until it got down into his soul, took root in his soul and the life of God, then was able to manifest into his physical body, bringing deliverance. And one thing we'll see is as we have these discussions and look at this, is there are certain laws that govern the word of God. The interesting thing in this case with this man was he was not born again. He was not a Christian, and thankfully I was able to lead him to the Lord as a result of this deliverance. But still there is life in death as Proverbs tells us in the power of the tongue. We can either speak death you know, by focusing on our symptoms, we can speak life by speaking the word of God of our life. This was a man who was not a Christian. He took the Word of God, the printed Word of God, in the printed page and he spoke it over and over and over. He thought about it. He thought he spoke, he thought about what he was speaking until it became rooted in his soul. and was able to release the power of God into his physical being, bringing complete deliverance from alcoholism. The same process works whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian because there is power in the gospel message. But I wonder if the message that we're preaching a lot of times really is being allowed to get into our soul. Let me give you an example. This is something I've been thinking about over the past few years. When I was a younger Christian, I would hear ministers talk about if you would just preach the gospel, if you would just preach the good message to you know, give people the uncompromised Word of God was always the phrase that you hear, and you hear that still a lot, that their lives will be changed. I've spent some time in the past years at a church that preaches a very solid message. Week after week after week, line upon line, precept upon precept, the minister teaches very in-depth, and I'm thankful for the foundation of God. But one thing I noticed, back is that the lives of the people sitting there week after week after week did not seem to change in one sense. You would see people growing, you'd have testimonies, God would be working, and you'd see things done. But as an example, when the leader of the church would have an altar call for people needing healing, you'd see almost the whole congregation go up. We'd you know we'd see people suffering with the same symptoms, the same sicknesses as their unsaved neighbors, or their you know friends and family members who were not in churches that were teaching as in depth as what they were receiving. So they would hear it week after week. But how much change was it really bringing to their lives? Because it's not enough just to go into church on a Sunday morning. You know, Wednesday night, Friday night, whenever your church meets, hear a message, maybe an hour message, a half hour message, whatever your minister does, walk out and expect your life to be changed. What would have happened to that homeless gentleman we talked about if he had just heard himself one verse, proven that preacher wrong, and just shut the Bible and stopped right there? But see, what he did was he went day by day, hour by hour, speaking the word, as he's speaking it, it's getting into his mind, it's getting into his soul, taking root. And he continued doing that for almost three months. He planted this, you know, Jesus, Mark chapter four, we see Jesus calling the word of God a seed. He planted the seed unknowingly what he was doing. He was not doing this on purpose. Well, what would happen if we as Christians would do the same thing with the Word of God? Not just go to service on Sundays and say, praise God, we've heard a good message and walk out and not think about, you know, the Bible again and maybe have our one minute devotion every morning. Or we read a verse or even a chapter once once a day and then just walk about and have our lives, go about our lives. What would happen if we did the same thing this unsaved homeless gentleman did? We took the Word every single day. We thought about it, we pondered it, we experienced it on a daily basis and allowed it to renew, to wash. You know, Paul calls it the washing of the water of the word. What if we would take it on a daily basis and allow the word of God to penetrate into our soul, to penetrate into our minds, our will, intellect and emotions, to change our thinking, to begin thinking in line with the way God thinks. If you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior And experienced what the Bible calls the new birth. If you're a Christian you already have the life of God within your spirit. In Romans chapter 8 we see that you have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. But if you look at most Christians our lives are powerless. We go around praying, crying out to God for revival, crying out for the power of God to manifest, but it's within us. It's just not being released because we're not taking time to allow the Word of God to get off the printed page, to renew our minds, to renew us our thinking to the way God thinks, allowing us to begin to operate in the power that Paul talked about. So Paul talked about, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The Word of God, the printed Word of God, has the potential to release the power of God but just sitting, you know, studying it, developing intellectual knowledge of it. There's a lot of people, a lot of scholars who could quote whole chapters, but it's not revelation knowledge to them. They've not taken the time to allow it to become more than an academic exercise and their lives are powerless. So it's not enough just to have the printed book. We have to take the word on a daily basis and allow it to begin to take root within our souls. We need to allow the word to wash over us, as Paul called it, the washing of the water of the word. I've referenced that previously. We need to allow the word to wash over our soul, to begin to change our thinking. And this is not something that happens by accident. You can walk in the power of God. You can release the power of God in your life on purpose, but it will require you to take time on a daily basis to study, to meditate, to think about, to ponder the Word of God. Think about Smith Wigglesworth, was a gentleman who was used mightily in the power of God. Somebody once asked him how often he prayed and how long he would pray, and you hear people talk about, I pray for an hour a day or I pray for 30 minutes a day. But we're talking about relationship. We're talking about a relationship with the Word. We're talking about relationship with our Creator. And his response was, I never pray more than five minutes at a time. But then he went on to say, but I never go more than five minutes without praying. You see, you can go about your daily life. You have responsibilities, you have family situations you need to take care of, your work. But it doesn't mean you set aside your relationship with God or the Word of God to tend to those things. You can meditate upon the Word, you can think upon the Word while you're at work, while you're doing the dishes, while you're sitting at dinner. But really, the question is, how hungry are you to see the power of God manifest in your life? The old-timers used to call the process dying to self. I've heard several ministers talk about the cost of the wedding. Jesus has already paid the price. We're not... Buying anything from God, but there is a cost. There's a cost in time There's a cost in energy. You may have to wake up early Stay up later may need you know to separate yourself for a time to be with the Word of God That's what we mean when we talk about a cost But what are you willing to do in order to walk in the power of God that power is already within you Just waiting to be released but now it's just waiting for you to pick up the word and allow it to begin to wash over your soul, to renew your mind, to think the way God thinks. And this is not something that happens overnight. It's something that you must do day by day. The Bible talks about precept upon precept, line upon line, letting the word change your thinking. But if you will stick with it day after day after day, not just you know for an hour here, not just there, but make it a lifestyle you will begin to see the power of God manifesting and pouring out in your life. Our time today is up, but we'll continue this good discussion. I'm going to pick up in the next video, looking at the power of God, looking at how the process of renewing our minds. For now, thank you for letting me be with you today. Please leave your thoughts and comments in the comments below. God bless.